Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Come on, He died for you.
Come on, all over this building, all over this building, would you lift your hands and just receive from the Lord? Come on, the love of God is in this room right now. The forgiveness of God is in this room right now. Come on, just reach out to Him. Come on, talk to Him like you would talk to your friend, Lord. I need you today. I need you today. I need you today, oh God. There's an undeniable touch of the Lord in this room. Families pray together. I want everybody near somebody praying. We don't want to miss the moment. The Bible talks about the time of the visitation. There's a visitation of the Lord here right now. I want you to pray with somebody near you. I want our altar workers to help us right now, our ministers. But right now, I want all over the building, there is a touch of God that is here so powerful. I want you to just call on His name right now. Come on, there are people praying and repenting. They're touching the throne of heaven. Hallelujah, we love you and we need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody, open up your heart. We've heard a powerful word this morning and first word. Praise and worship, the spirit of worship is here. God is responding to our prayers and our altars. I want you to open up your heart all over this building. The hand of the Lord is ministering. The spirit of the Lord is touching. Healing is happening. Come on, that's it. Moms and dads, husbands and wives, grandpas and grandmothers. Right now praying all over this room. I need a miracle. Lord, we need the touch of your spirit. Come on, young people, young adults. God's doing something in you and through you. All over this building, let God's hand begin to move. Let his hand begin to touch and reach you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, let's take a little while and pray. Let's take a little while and let the hand of God touch us. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is here today. Hey, it's His church, not ours. We want Him to do what He wants to do. The healing hand of God is in this room. I mean, no, He can do more in 10 seconds like this than we can do in 10 years. One touch of the Master's hand. One touch of his spirit. Oh, let's magnify the Lord together. There is healing. We've been fasting and we've been praying and God is moving. He is healing. He is fixing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. So glad that you were here. So glad for what we feel. Amen. This is a hospital. How many believe that? hospital for sinners and saints I run to him I run to the rock of my foundation the stone that the builders rejected when I need a shelter when I need a friend I can go to the rock how many know he's the rock Christ Jesus oh somebody shout glory hallelujah they're going to come we're going to 
continue the service today. I know the Lord has moved in a mighty way and we're thankful you can return to your seats. Somebody say praise the Lord. We've been praying. We've been fasting. Now the Lord's sending the rain. Send the rain. Somebody shout, send the rain, Jesus. How many want healing rain to fall on families and on our cities? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't our assistant pastor do a great job in first word today? So powerful. Thank you. Amen. Let's honor the Lord today. Would you do that? Let's honor the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I would like us today to turn to the word of the Lord. We are going to read from the book of Matthew chapter 3. Let's all stand for the reading of the word. Amen. In honor of his word. So I, I know we've had a great service. And uh, uh, I'm so glad you're, you love being here. And a service like this, it would be easy for me to say, oh, it's been a good day, let's go home. But I do feel, as the pastor in the midst of revival, that we need some instruction. And I realize most, if not all, want to hear the word of the Lord today preached. And uh, we want to dive into the scripture that the Lord has given me. I've, I have studied so much material, I'm worried how it's all going to come out. It might look like this on the way to the top, but we're going to get there. Y'all going to help me today? Uh, you're not going to judge me, but amen me. Amen? All right. And so uh, I want to say to every person that's reached out uh, in regards to Sawyer hurting his knee, thank you for your kindness. Every card, every gift, every text, every call, uh, we appreciate that. He's scheduled for surgery in February. Because uh, he blew his knee out playing basketball. And um, he's, he tore his ACL, MCL, meniscus, bruised his bones on each side of his knee. And, and he, had, he had, when he does things, he does it right, I think. Or wrong, I don't know how to say it. But thank you for praying. He's scheduled for surgery unless between here and there, Jesus heals him. And we know a God that's able. He's able. Amen. We've seen God do it before, haven't we? Amen. There's nothing, uh, nothing too great for God. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, babe. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I couldn't do it. My wife's not here today. She happens to be out of town. And, uh, but uh, I certainly wasn't going to look at her and say, dirt. Amen. <laughs> uh, we heard a good word today. Praise God. I'm, I'm going to try my best to weave together revelation I feel that God has given me. And uh, I'm so thankful for his word. You're not going to rush me, are you? Amen. Four of you said no. I indeed baptize you with water. Oof, under repentance. He that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. 
How many feel that way today about the Lord? He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody shout fire. fire. Whose fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Uh, I'd like to talk to you today about Pentecostal fire. Pentecostal fires. How many want Pentecostal fires to fall upon you? Amen. Clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Victorious shout. Come on, let's shout to the Lord with a victorious shout. Look at two or three people before you see it. High five them and tell them Pentecostal fires. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When I think of fire, obviously I, I think of the hot fire that comes. It came from the Lord. Everybody say fire. I believe the church should be on fire. I believe individually we ought to be on fire. We need fire of God in our life. The Bible calls God a consuming fire. When you see in 1 Kings chapter 18, there is, some call it the at Mount Carmel, that it was it was the showdown at Carmel. It was many years of the worshiping of a false god by the name of Baal. Didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen with one one tenured kingship. It didn't happen because of one woman by the name of Jezebel and her evil husband by the name of Ahab. This was something that was brought on 70 years prior by a king who was wisest in the land. But somehow even the wisest had compromised his ways through culture uh, and acceptance. I say to you, there's a danger in trying to be accepted. There's a danger and trying to seek approval. And Solomon in all of his wisdom found himself, the scripture says, loving outlandish, outlandish women. He was the epitome of, of the kingdom of God. It was so blessed that people would travel from a thousand miles just to see what God had done with his people on the earth. The temple was magnificent. The edifice in which he built was beautiful. His wisdom was beyond compare. And even the queen of Sheba that traveled there a thousand miles without a plane, a train, an automobile, but through rugged country without paved roads. When she got there, she said, there was no spirit left within me. In other, other words, she said, it took my breath away. She said, I asked him hard questions, but when I left, she said, everything that I saw, 
She said, the half was not yet told me. But somehow a man that was blessed, a man that had the hand of God on his life, allowed the world to creep in to the kingdom. Jerusalem, which was supposed to be a place where the one true God, his name would be there in Jerusalem, now had become a melting pot of whatever you want to call God, whatever you want to say his name is. We accept you. You'll find that he, he began to uh, allow altars to Baal, altars to Ashtaroth, altars to Chemosh, to seek approval of other nations when the fact of the matter is the other nations were seeking the approval of him. If we're not careful, we will compromise trying to please people that are not happy anyhow. Could I say to you, there's gotta be a generation that falls in love with God and his word. I'll go ahead and tell you, you gotta fall in love with his name. For he has a name that is above every name. He has a name above every name in heaven and every name in earth. How many know that name is Jesus? Would you clap your hands and shout the name Jesus? Somebody shout Jesus. And through this, judgment came. and A prophet of God came to him. Hear, hear me today. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is raising up prophets in the end time. They're going to stand between governors and presidents and proclaim what thus saith the Lord. Do you believe it? Say amen. And you'll find that a prophet of God came to him and said, Solomon, you, you are going to continue to be blessed despite your sin because of your father David's altar, because of his prayers. He said, but the posterity of you is going to be removed, meaning everything in your DNA is going to be separated removed from the kingship because you've allowed God, idolatry, altars in my kingdom. I'm gonna bless you for your daddy's sake, but your kids aren't gonna know me. Solomon dies and Rehoboam steps into his state. He becomes the next king of Israel, which were 12 tribes. Rehoboam has a hardened heart and seeks after evil of his father's deeds and allows idolatry even himself and sought the wisdom of his peers instead of the elders and because he did, the kingdom was split and what was now a united kingdom is now a divided kingdom. You'll find that Rehoboam was only left with two tribes. Only the Bible calls them one, but they were mingled as Judah, known as Judah, but Judah with some of the Benjamites. Ten were now being led by a man by the name of Jeroboam. There's going to be some names here today, but stay with me. Everybody say Jeroboam. Jeroboam took 10 of the tribes to the north and eventually the capital city of what is known as Israel now. There's two nations instead of one. It's no longer just Israel. It's now Judah that stayed in Jerusalem and Israel, the 10 tribes that are now become the capital city of Samaria. Jeroboam in his evil deeds has snuck up out of Egypt came into this place and now he is setting up not just one place to worship a heathen God, but he sets up two places to worship a heathen God. And just like Aaron back when Moses was there, he built calves for them to worship and 
not only did Israel begin to worship the calf, but also he put a place for Judah to worship the calf. It brought idolatry now so ingrained into the people of God, they really don't know who to worship. Can somebody say amen? It goes down seven kings, seven kings in 70 years. One of those kings only lasted seven days. It was chaos and confusion. Prophets trying to speak a word into the people. There was also the kingdom of Judah that had less kings during that time. But Israel under Jeroboam in this place we call Samaria had been eat up with idolatry and the worshiping of Baal. Until there is a man by the name of Ahab that shows up. He is a king of Israel. And the scripture says that he came and he built an altar there in Samaria. And he worshiped the God of Baal around the people of the Lord. It was a chaotic time. But hear me today, when, when Baal did what he did at this place called Bethel where that, this Jeroboam that became the leader of the king of the ten tribes, you'll find that he had built an altar in this place called Bethel, which means the house of God, but he built this altar to these heathen gods. And while he is offering all offering sacrifice on an altar to an unknown God. Can I stop here and say, it matters who you worship. It matters where you put your emotions. It matters where you, where you direct your face. It matters where you spend your time. Don't ever forget, God said, I am a jealous God. Come on, where are you focusing on? Where are you putting your attention at? Who are you trying to get the approval of? I feel an old-fashioned revival coming with repentance to give us convictions back to a holy God, a righteous God. Somebody say amen. And he, he built this this altar to begin to offer sacrifices. Jeroboam did the first king of this now split kingdom in, in, in Israel. He built this altar in Bethel and when it did, there was an old prophet came by and he said, oh Bethel, he said, oh altar, oh altar. And he began to tell, he said, God is gonna curse this place. God's bringing judgment on this altar. The ash is going to spill out as a sign that what I said is true. But there is somebody by the name of Josiah that is going to come up in the future. And he is going to burn every bone, every bone of every influencer that has led the people of God away from the word and away from the voice of God and away from the name of God. He said there's a baby on the way that is going to take over and remove every influence that has come against my people. When it did, when it did, the altar tilted over, the ashes fell out just like the old prophet said. And Jeroboam in his anger reached for the man of God. But when he did, his arms shriveled up just like that to his body as God brought judgment to him. Can I tell you, the Lord is merciful and the Lord is patient. His mercies are renewed every morning. The Bible says because the vengeance of the Lord is not done speedily. It is in the heart of men to continue to do evil. Just hear me today because God didn't judge you when you did what you did and went where you went doesn't mean that God didn't see it. 
God didn't see it. God doesn't know about it. He keeps good records. But hear me today, he also sees everything that's against you, trying to get you to be destroyed, trying to get you to go to hell, but he also has judgment against that. Every false doctrine, every false prophet, every false thing, he's gonna come and burn out. Is there anybody in the building that will help me preach right now? Come on, I wish somebody would jump to your feet and say there's a fire coming. There's a fire coming, gonna burn out the false, gonna burn, burn out the purity. I want you to look at somebody next to you and say the fire is on the way. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a fire coming. I realize you struggle because there's a thousand different ways to serve God. There's a thousand different people telling you how to serve God. But the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. I don't care how good they prophesy and how much their prophecies come to pass. If their scriptures and their doctrine doesn't line up with the word of the Lord, they're a false prophet. You don't need them in your life. You need truth preaching. You need somebody that can say, thus saith the Lord and it's from God. Know them that labor among you. Come on, I'm tired of watching people committing adultery and prophesying at the same time, telling you one thing and living another. We need somebody that has pure bread and a pure heart. The Bible says we ought to approach him with clean hands and a pure heart. You just can't listen to everybody. You've got to have somebody that knows the Lord. Somebody shout old-fashioned revival. The new doctrine say just worship whatever you want to worship. Live for God however you want to live for God. Well, you know your heart. You just go ahead and do what you will. Sounds satanic to me. Do what thou wilt. Just do what your flesh wants to do. Just say, just act how you want to act. Just, just do what you want to do. That is not of the scripture. The scripture is, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It's not about what I want, it's about what he wants. It's not about what you think, it's about what he thinks. It's not about the culture accepting me, it's about God knowing my name. I want to be right with him. Come on, church, in the place where we come and step in our position and show off, get our talent going and just, it's a place where I offer my gifts. Although I think you should, as he talked about today, church is a place where judgment begins at the house of God. Preacher, tell me what I'm going to have to face when I stand before God or by myself. Preach me the word of the Lord. Don't let me feel good about going the wrong way. Get me right with him. Get me right with the Lord. I want to be, come on, is there anybody that wants to stand before God and be right? Somebody shout amen. I want everybody to shout, hear ye the word of the Lord. There's a prophecy that came to Jeroboam and said there's a Josiah that's going to be born. Josiah that's going to be born, that he's going to show up and he's going to destroy everything that you brought on today. The influence that you brought in. One man, one generation, one king, one babe. Amen. Made of dirt and limitations is going to destroy every seed that you sowed. One baby. Woo. Yeah, you ever think that God just might have chosen this region to spark a revival that's going to hit North America? 
Or you just want to go to church and go to the restaurant and have your fish and go home and say, hey, you know, we had a little good church. Oh, no. I believe there's a fire that's coming that's going to burn up everything that's not right. Going to bring an old-fashioned revival. I know it sounds pretty, but I believe we can have revival that empties out the jail cells and the crack houses and the street corners. We can have revival, come on, that burns out the sin and the, and the, come on, I believe it. I believe there's a fire that can be so hot, so hot that can burn out the hardest of, somebody shout amen. You believe it, say amen. How's it going to happen? It seems to me that the issue is the altar. The prophet said, I curse the altar that has been polluted at Bethel to unknown God. This is going to happen. Jeroboam in his 70 years, we see a spark of this. We see a spark of this prophecy in the prophet Elijah. I just believe that God can do anything. He can change anybody. I said, I believe he can change anybody. Ahab in this lineage, the Bible says there was no king more evil than Ahab. He did that, the Bible says, which was in the heart and the life of Jeroboam. He fulfilled, that's what scripture says. Ahab did the works of Jeroboam. And he went out and he married the daughter from from of a king of a neighboring country, I believe it was Zidonians, and he married his daughter and who was a Baal priest and he married her and her name is Jezebel. I've still not ever met a lady by the name of Jezebel. Look at your neighbor and say, don't name your babe Jezebel. You're gonna get in real trouble. She's evil. She's a product, not of Ahab. She's a product of Jeroboam. 70 years of influence. He marries sort of the way Solomon did. Brings somebody in, but not only lets her worship there, he himself worships there. God said, I've had enough. I look out at my people and there's people and my people are going to the, my people are going to the bar instead of the house. Hold on. I, I, got, I got people going to the honky-tonk and the tavern and the dance hall. I got, I got people shooting up. I got people trying to find their joy in other things. Boy, I'll hear something now. Uh, and they, they seek the pleasures of men more than the, more than the things of God. And he said, I look now and I, I don't have people showing up at the tabernacle, I've got people going over the bell altars and doing things and giving credit where credit is due. You gotta be careful where you give the credit. The Bible says all good things come through the Father of lights. All good things come through the Father above, amen. How many believe that? In whom no shadow of turning. You know why we go to church on Sunday? Because we come to give Him glory. We've come to give him honor. We've looking over our week and say every good thing that's happened because of God and every good thing going to happen because of God. Can I get a witness from somebody in the building that can stand to your feet just for a moment and say when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say all good things are from the Lord above. You can be seated and God looks out of heaven 
And the people are worshiping Baal and talking about Baal. They're talking about he's the God, he's the one. He's the one we give glory to. God looking out of heaven down on the earth, looking at Samaria, and he finally calls on the prophet. We need prophets in the end time. Don't work against the prophet. You need to work with the prophet. Can you say amen? And they look out of heaven and he said, who? He says, Elijah, here's what I want you to do. Because Baal means the God of the rain. I want you to command for the, for the rain to stop. And he did. Elijah called and it stopped raining for over three years. God fed him. He's, he took care of him. He provided him bread and meat in the morning and evening. Was fed by the ravens. Stayed by the, by the brook and had water when everybody else was having droughts. And after three years, he said, I need you to go to Mount Carmel. I need you to go to Samaria. I want you to go there. When you get there, I want you to build me an altar. I need an altar. I need you to build me an altar. Are y'all with me? He said, I need you to go build an altar there. And he got there and he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to see the God that answers by fire. Let's let him be God. And they, Ahab went there and got all the bell priests. I think there were 400 of them. And they built an altar to a false god. And while they're building an altar, Elijah's just sitting back because he's one of the only ones. Well, there's 7,000 have by the way, but he's one in the public eye that's looking down and knows that nothing's going to happen at their altar. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're not going to find it at a bar room. You're going to find it in a crack house. You're not going to find it in Fenton Hall. Come on. You're not going to find it in another relationship. You're not going to find it in a raise. You need the rain. You need heaven to come to this earth. You're not going to do that going everywhere else. You've got to know who he is. And Elijah understood, I know where the answer is. I know where the blessing comes from. And he watched them build this altar and nothing happened. When they were done doing what they're doing, he went and the Bible says he repaired. I want everybody to say, he repaired the broken altar of the Lord. And when he repaired the broken altar of the Lord, he, he put 12 stones there. He put 12 barrels of water there and poured it after he put the sacrifice, the, the, the bullock that was laid there. He poured 12 barrels of water in a drought because you've got to be willing if you want fire to give what you can't afford to give. Why is it every time we talk about giving, we think of money? That's not what he's talking about. The Lord spoke to me on the second Tuesday of June 1999 I woke up very few times that the Lord ever spoken to me like this but as soon as my eyes opened the Holy Ghost spoke to me and the Lord said I cannot pour my fire on an altar until my people are willing to give what they can't afford to give and he said in Mount Carmel they couldn't afford water he said in your generation they can't afford time he said, until you are willing to pour time on the altar, he said, there will be no fire. Come on, I'm not talking about good preaching and a touch, just a touch of the prince of God. I'm talking about a response from heaven that can remove sin, remove insecurities, remove spirits of addiction, remove mental anguish. I'm talking about remove tumorous cancer cancerous tumor. I'm talking about a fire that can take 50 years of abuse and be an abuser and burn it out of you and you become a righteous person. That's what the Holy Ghost can do. 
Somebody shout the Holy Ghost and fire. Now listen, I'm stirred all the way to my bones right now because I understand what I'm preaching. And he said, God, he said, Lord, I get on my knees and I pray. He said to them, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And he went on and bent his knee after they poured water on the altar. And when he did, he said, Lord, I pray that you would hear me, that these people may know that you are God. There's a lot of confused people in North America because North America is now a a nation of acceptance of whatever. They accept everything but Christianity. As long as you believe anything can be a God, you're all right. But as soon as you proclaim the name of the one true God, there's a problem with you. How many know it's true? We've become like Jerusalem was back in the day. God blessed this young nation, had us a world power around, but God knows how to get our attention. He knows how to dry up the heavens. He knows how to pull the economic rug out from under us. And if that's what it takes to get us on our knees, so be it. But God, don't let us die lost. Don't let our families die broken. I got a question for you right now. Is there anybody in the building that wants an old-fashioned revival that'll shake, that'll shake the corridor of this community? Somebody shout, I want it. They were confused, but a prophet knew. He got on his knees. Lord, let the fire fall that this people may know. And in one prayer, fire came out of heaven, fell upon that altar, and it licked up the, it licked up the, the sacrifice and the wood and the water, and it was so hot, it licked up the stones. And God said to me right there, praying on a Saturday morning years ago, he said, you can build an altar so hot that it can melt the hardened hearts of my people. You can build an altar that is so hot that God comes to that altar that it can cause people that have been away from God for a long time to run back to an altar of repentance. He can take the stony heart, Ezekiel said, and can give a heart of flesh. That's what I want to see. Not just another church service, but an altar that brings a revival to a nation that's been divided. Somebody say amen. And it did, and in one prayer, and in one altar, and in one moment, fire came out of heaven and fell on their altar. And when it did, when it did, the Bible says, all of Israel. Somebody shout, all of Israel. I do believe God's going to get the attention of this nation. I don't say it casually. I'm not just throwing words out there, but he loves us. God bless America. Come on, they're trying to take God out of our Pledge of Allegiance, God out of the schools. God out of counseling, God out of the courthouses, Ten Commandments out. What they're saying is, we don't want God here. And somehow it's just like this. He looks down and saw people saying, oh, it's Baal. It's, it's education that's done this. It's this that's done this. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves where young people are confused. They don't even know what gender they are. They don't even know who God is. It is chaos and confusion. They don't know what marriage is. They don't know what loyalty is. They don't know what covenant is. They don't know what responsibility is. They don't even know how to keep a job. They don't know how to show up on time and stay a little later. They're confused. The devil's doing everything he can to destroy and demolish this country because this country was founded upon the word of God. But I got news for the devil. I got 
news for you, Jeroboam. There's a prophet on the way. I got news for you, enemy. There's a prophet on the way. And there's coming fire like you've never seen before. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout. Come on, somebody shout. The fire is on the way. I said the fire is on the way. And in one old-fashioned prayer meeting, an entire nation fell on their knees and said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. They, come on, I'm telling you, there's a repentance coming to this country. There's a repentance coming to our family. Jump to your feet, clap your hands and shout, I want it, I want it, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want the fire of Pentecost. So before you tell yourself yes and break in the fast, tell yourself no and deny your flesh. See, I've got to give some things. Because if I'm not fasting, I'm not praying. If I have no altar, God cannot fall. Do you believe that? Look at your neighbor and say, no altar, no fire. I'm not talking about just showing up on church on Sunday and saying, I go to church. That's not where the fire falls. You can read it 47 years, he said, and not grow. You've got to obey it. Hear me, hear me. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to be like Jesus. Then where's your Gethsemane? Brother Nehemiah told us yesterday, he said, I felt in the Lord that, that there was not only blood at the cross, but there's also blood in the altar. Because he sweat as, as if it were great drops of blood. Calvary happened because of Gethsemane. That's why he said, Not my will, but not be done. God, I'll give you my career. I'll give you my future. You want me to go to Zimbabwe? You want me to be a children's minister? Whatever. You want me to be a prophet? You want me to be using the gifts? God, whatever you want me to do. Not what I want to do. What do you want with my life? It's not my life. It's yours. I surrender. Where's the surrender of the modern day church? Where's the sacrifice of the modern day church? Where's the altar of the modern day church? Church has become about gatherings and fellowship and hangouts more than it has become a house of prayer. That's why we can do wrong and feel good about it. Not go to church and feel great about it. Not praying. He's a God of grace. He doesn't care. He loves me as I am. And we give doctrines that are excuses for our laziness and lack of obedience. Come on. But somebody can live in sin. They say, oh, God's grace. That's not what it means. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's altars of bell. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. God forbid. How shall we continue in sin? How, how are we that are dead to sin continue any longer therein? There's got to be a moment that says what I'm dealing with is not right with God. I've got to have a Pentecostal fire to come and burn this out of me. 
So watch, you may be seated. You may be seated. Somebody shout altars. It's an altar that he built. And a one altar turned the heart of a nation. Ahab goes on and he, he doesn't listen to the prophet. Rain followed fire. Everybody say rain followed fire. Fire get the attention of the people. Fire will bring prosperity and blessing to the people. Sometimes God has to drop the rain to get us back to the altar. Are y'all hearing me right now? Look at two or three people and say, God's going to give your emotions back if you will build an altar before the Lord. Turn off the media. That's not going to help you. That's going to keep you from an altar. See, I could have, I could have dismissed earlier. I don't apologize for preaching. I could have dismissed earlier, but the Lord said I need to give you instruction. We need instruction. I realize our pastor people want to be in church anyhow. But I feel like you've got to have instruction. We are so caught up in entertainment. We are so caught up in media efforts. So caught up in cultural norms that we have forgot biblical principles. Pray without ceasing. Early will I seek thee. Everything to God in prayer, the old song says. But I promise you, if you will put God first, everything you're trying to get on your own, God's going to give it to you faster, and you will get to where you're supposed to be. But if you leave God out of it, you're going to find compromise to get there because you think you have to compromise to get there. Oh, I, 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 I feel this because you, you, you think you've got to have the acceptance of the world to get to the top. You don't need acceptance of the world. You don't need altars of, you don't need altars of bail. Quit compromising your convictions to try to get promotions. Are y'all hearing me right now? I said quit compromising your convictions to try to get promotions. And what you'll find is a fire fell on that day. God spoke to the man of God. And, uh, um, and prophecy came over this. I've got to move forward. What, what the Lord wants to do here in this church, he wants to send the fire to this, this congregation. Not just this congregation. But he has his eye on this region specifically for a reason. Zanesville has 43% of babies born out of wedlock. 64% divorce rate. One of the top 10 places not to raise your kids when I moved here 20 years, uh, 18 years ago. It, 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 it has a history of prejudice and a history of drug use and, and a history of addiction and abuse. There's a lot of history here. And uh, what I'm trying to say is, is Jeroboam had his day, but Jeroboam's day is about over. Amen. That's what I'm telling you. Come on, there's a revival here that's bigger than this building, that's bigger than our churches, it's bigger, it's gotta be in the homes, come on. I believe it's gonna be in arenas, I believe God's wanting to do some everything that Jeroboam meant for evil, God's gonna turn it around. And they pray in people in the building that have, come on, a witness in your spirit about what I'm preaching. And we, we see a hint of it in one moment, an entire nation repents, but the, 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 kings, the kings are still there. And, and uh, uh, something begins to happen. And Watch this. Be seated a moment. Can I continue? Yes, and so you'll, you'll see that, that, that though the people repented in, in this, there was, uh, God even told the prophet, he said, I got 7,000 haven't bent my knee to bell. Don't ever think that everybody's compromised. Don't ever think that everybody's a hypocrite and not living holy. Come on now. Are there hypocrites? Yep. Are there sinners? Yes. Are there always going to be a righteous people? Absolutely. Even if it's one like Noah. 
a man who could get the hold of God for an entire world. One man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Can I say you might be the only one in your family living for God, but it doesn't mean you're going to be crushed over and run over because of what the enemy is doing. You just stand strong and watch the salvation of the Lord come to your family. Come on, I'm telling you, I don't care if everybody in your family is not living for God, you're the only one. You just keep on praying. God's on the way. God's on the way. God's on the way. I said Jesus is on the way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel something in my spirit. And so something powerful begins to happen. You'll find there were some years down the road. There was a baby born and his name was Josiah. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like there is a flame of fire shooting off of me right now. I feel that old-fashioned fire upon me. Thank you for praying for me. I feel it. I'm going to tell you, there's enough fire in here to burn out years of abuse, years of addiction, years of, of anguish. Come on. I come to tell you, years of messing up, years of backing down, years of fear, years of brokenness. There's enough fire in here to burn it out of your life, out of your home, out of your marriage, out of your mind. Oh, somebody help me right now in the name of Jesus. There's enough fire. Somebody shout yes. yes. Hallelujah. It's a fire that's coming. It's a fire that's on the way. It's a fire that'll purge. It's a fire that'll cleanse. And a man by the name of Josiah, he, he, he comes up and he is born. When Josiah is born, everybody say Josiah. When Josiah is born, something powerful happens. When he comes, he he, he, is handed, he, is, he is handed by the priest. Oh, let me just take a moment. My, 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 my. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's handed by the priest. His name is Hilkiah. And Hilkiah comes. Come here, Brother Colton. You're going to be Josiah. You're going to be that baby that's going to bring thundering revival. He hands him the book. To a king, it said, I found something in the temple. You know what it was? It's the word of the Lord. And Josiah has been prophesied 300 years before that when he shows up, everything that Solomon messed up, everything that Jeroboam brought in, false altars, false doctrines, false ways, that in one man, when the revival hits with him, is gonna destroy all the influence of 300 years. Whoa. And the priest showed up and handed the king the word of the Lord and said, I found this. And when the king began to hear the word, People told me when I moved to this city, we don't need the word. Come on, I'm telling you. That was a theme here. We don't need doctrine. All we need is faith. But the Bible says faith without works is dead. We don't need the word. Anybody tells you you don't need the word, run. They're a false prophet. Anybody tells you I'm just going to give you my opinion? Or they say, well, I don't think God, don't you let people think for God for you. You let his word do the talking. You let his word let you do your walking, amen. 
You've got to have his word. I come to tell the anchor, you better fall in love with the word of God or you'll be lost. You've got to love his word, not just his presence. You've got to love his word. That's why first word's important. Because I don't want just a move of God. I need the word and the spirit. Somebody shout, we need both. When he began to read it, when he began to read the word of the Lord, he said, oh my goodness, you can't have images to other gods. We can't be worshiping any other god but God Jehovah. There are groves. Groves were, were totem poles with sensual pictures on them. And that's where they would go and worship these, these other gods. They were groves. They were places where people would go up in the mountain and pray. And he started tearing down the groves. He started tearing down the false, the false, the, 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 the false altars. He started, I'm talking about, he, he started cleaning out the house. Every revival will cause you to clean the house out. You hear me right now? It'll cause you to get rid of movies that aren't right. Music that's not right. Friends that aren't right. It'll cause you to clean up your act and clean up your mouth, clean up your mind, clean up your heart, clean up your spirit. That's what, that's revival. That's revival. Come on, I, come on, there ain't no such thing as I love Jesus and a cuss a little. We don't need that in our life. We got it. The Bible says bitter water and sweet water can't come out of the same well. We got to get back to an altar. This is burn out of me everything that's not right with God. Lands, I'm meddling now. I don't know if I'm preaching or I'm meddling. <laughs> Let me have just a few more moments. But hear me, elder. Hear me, elder. When he started cleaning out, he showed up into the tomb of the prophets. He said, I want you to take every voice, every voice, every false prophet, and I want you to burn them, cremate the bones, empty out the sepulchers, and destroy every, because there's something about the bones. Because there was a man by the name of Elisha that his last miracle was when a dead man was thrown onto the bones. Because the word of God isn't meant to be heard, it's meant to be consumed. And you know what changes the word from the hearer to get into the bones of a man? It's obedience. The difference of hearing the word and receiving the word is obeying the word. Hallelujah. And when you begin to study the bones, you'll find that the word of God goes beyond the mind and gets into the bones of a man. That's right. And praise God. And so what you'll find, Sister Tate, is that they threw, uh, they, they threw a, a dead man on the bones of Elisha and he jumped up. You imagine throwing a dead soldier running from the enemy throw a dead soldier into a tomb and you turn around and the man that was dead is now chasing you. I'm going to tell you right now, that'll make you run fast, faster. You'd win a marathon like, great, come on, y'all with me right now? They turn around and he's chasing them. What happened to you? I don't know, but when you threw me on the bones, dead things come alive. Because God's word will always bring living to the dead. God's word. And because Elisha was filled with the word of God and not just a gift to prophesy. Not everybody that says, I have a dream is a dream. And I had a vision is from the Lord. And thus saith the Lord is from the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost if I've ever been the Holy Ghost preaching in this church. If I've ever obeyed God, I'm obeying God right now. Hallelujah. And you gotta understand 
There's a lot of people that are going to preach a lot of different Christs. That's what the Bible says. They will seek contentious and they will, they, will, they will seek to gather their own. It's a business instead of a... Are y'all with me right now? Oh, God. Hey, where are the prophets that can look at John? John, where are the, like John, are y'all, are y'all, y'all here, are you with me? Is it wrong that when the prophet John the Baptist, that there's never greater than a man like him, looks at the king and says, it's not lawful to have your, husband, to have your brother's wife. Where's that guy in 2023? It's okay. God wants you to be happy. Go ahead. It's all right. Go ahead with that relationship. He said, it's not lawful. God have mercy. America is a mess because we've got too many false prophets saying you're okay when God's not right with it. It's uncomfortable right now because we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. I'm not here to condemn us. I'm not saying that God can't forgive it. But it's not right to justify it. The prophet had truth within him. And he starts cleaning out and he comes to a tomb and he comes to a tomb and he's burning up all the bones of all the false prophets. Everybody said false prophets. And he comes to this one there's an inscription on the on the sepulcher and he said what's this Hedekiah Hilkiah the priest he says you're going to like this that's the prophet that prophesied you would be doing what you're doing right now 300 years ago he said you'd be here right now cleaning up all this mess he said don't touch his bones leave his bones alone let those live amen let the prophet live. Let the word of God be true. Come on, let the word of God be true. And so you'll find that this priest that handed the king, Josiah, the word of the Lord, was a priest by the name of Hilkiah. Hilkiah had a son by the name of Jeremiah who said, before I formed thee in the womb, I ordained thee a prophet that you would preach my word. And he went to not just a nation, but the nations. And he began to proclaim what God wanted them to do. And there were false prophets everywhere. It almost seemed like there was prophets everywhere. You look at one place, there were 400 prophets prophesying to Ahab to tell him how good things were going. One prophet opposed 400 of them. It's not easy being a preacher that preaches against sin when everybody's saying sin's okay in North America. But you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I want to be right with man and my flesh or do I want to be right with God? That's what you've got to ask yourself right now. Don't avoid the question, be ye holy as I am holy. Come on, jump to your feet right now. I'll be done in a few moments. Be ye holy as I am holy. He said, I need you to be holy. God wants you to be a separated people. Somebody shout amen. amen. Remain standing as I try to come to a close. He made a statement. He said, he said there was times of discouragement. There's every hour to pray for the preachers. Every hour to pray for truth. Every hour to pray for the gospel to be spread. It's now. Somebody shout now. now. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor, I want you to pray for him too. Pray for the preacher. Pray for the preacher. And the Bible says that Jeremiah... He made this statement when he was talking about when the Lord come down and said to him, throw that verse up there in chapter 21 of uh, 
Jeremiah 23 and 21. Look what it says. God, help me right now. Look what it says. Hallelujah. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Read on. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way. You see that? And from the evil of their doings. Read on. Am, am I a God at hand, said the Lord, and not a God afar off? Read what he says. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Said the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. You better be careful. Jesus in his teaching warned us when they said, what's the sign of the end time? What's the sign of the coming? He said, be not deceived. Come on, you know when the sin comes in. Somebody said, it's okay. I wish somebody, if I was on my way to hell, would stand between me and eternity and say, it's not right. God's word says it's not right. He said, how long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the seed of their own heart. See that? Which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams which they tell every man to his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for who? Remember that? Somehow Baal still lingers. Read on. Look what it says. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, somebody shout the Lord's word. Let him speak my word faithfully. He makes this statement that I want everybody in the room later to memorize and write down and say it all week. He said, what is the chaff to the wheat? Saith the Lord. Chaff is worldliness. It's when you're harvesting the wheat. It's the chaff that encapsulates the seed or the stubble or the, or the, uh, the stem or part of the, just a weed. It's a part of that that's, that's, that's in there. It's a stick. It's, it's, it's not grain. It's not wheat or corn. It's just junk. He said, what is the chaff to the wheat? You know what he was saying? False prophecies, false prophets, false doctrines aren't going to hold up to the real. And everything Jeroboam did in 300 years can be destroyed in one revival. What's the chaff to the wheat? And the next statement, look what he says. I want everybody to say, what is the chaff to the wheat? Saith the Lord, it is not my word. Like as a fire, saith the Lord. What he was saying was, you preach truth and love truth and it's going to burn up every negative influence of the enemy. I don't care how long he's had a grip on your life, your family, this city. There is power in the word being preached and loved and an altar that has fire on it. Remember what I'm telling you. Remember what I'm telling you. And he said in Jeremiah 20, he said, I was ready to not make mention of his name no more. He said, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. You got to get it from your head to, your, to inside of you. 
Everybody say obedience. Puts the word in the bones. How many want his word in your life? Lift your hands, begin to love him right now. I want you to make a covenant. I'm going to fall in love with his word. You know right now what's right or not right in your heart. And the Lord sent me to preach to you. Not only will he burn it out of you, he's going to burn out the influence in your life. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I want everybody to look at me as I close. Some of you committed sins not because your heart was dirty, but because the influence in your life. You had a false prophet. You had a false influencer. You had the wrong seed being cast in your life. Some abuse, some thing happened that caused you to veer from fact and right to do things that were wrong. But I hear this today. It's a product of the chaff. It's a product of Jeroboam. Are y'all with me right now? God said, I'm going to burn it out of you. I'm going to burn every evil, every negative, every sin, every wrong thought, everything. He said, I, I can burn it out of you. But I have to have an altar to respond to. I need a place of covenant. I need a place of sacrifice. I need a place of commitment. And in Matthew 3, he makes this statement. John the Baptist, the prophet. He says, I baptize you with water and repentance. You've got to turn from your sin. I want you to take your hand and say, you've got to turn from your sin. You've got to turn from your sin. Come on, Josiah. Preach it. Destroy the bones of every influence of voice over the last 300 years that said, you don't have to worship Jehovah. Every voice that had a false prophecy. Remove it. And the Pentecost was exactly that. It was the fulfillment that John the Baptist would make this statement. There's one coming after me who's mightier than I. Whose shoes I'm not worthy of. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand. You know what the fan does? It removes the chaff. And anything left, the fire burns out the impurities that cause you to become pure bread. Pure, holy, righteous. So on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, going all the way back where Mount Sinai, the law was given to Moses, represented a day of Pentecost. When the fire fell on Pentecost, it fell upon each of them. And it burned into their heart conviction. I don't want to sin no more, Pastor. I don't want to go there no more, Pastor. I'm telling you, I, how, how many years have I seen that somebody come up, God respond to their altar of repentance. They come and say, I don't want to be what I used to be. I don't want to talk that way. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this anymore. What is it? It's the fire of His Word. You can't get it just hearing it though. Gonna be a moment you say, I need to repent. And sometimes you're in church for 32 years and you gotta turn around and say, I need to do it again. I need to repair. Some people are building, but some have to repair the broken altar and say, Today I'm cleaning out the house. Today, I'm kneeling down before his word. I wonder what would happen on this late hour. And before we leave, we got on our knees and begin to repent as a body, 
as a whole and begin to say, God, search me. Is there any chaff among the wheat? Is there any impurity among the holy? Is there anything in me that's not right with you? I want you to burn it out of me, God. I want the Pentecostal fires to be more than just speaking in tongues and filling your presence. I want it to burn out every unholy thing in me. Come on, is there anybody that'll make your way to the altar and say, I need a revival? I need a revival. Come on, my babies are dependent on it. I don't want God to remove my posterity. I want to repent. I don't want any impure thing in my home, my heart, my mind, my desires, my thoughts. Come on, every couple, every family. Come on, I know Jeroboam messed things up. I know Solomon took it the wrong way. But today, God said, I'll remove every influence, every spirit, every ungodly thing that calls you to do what you're doing. I'll burn it out, but I need you to repent. You gotta have an altar in your life. Lord, you have my full attention. When you speak, you will be heard. Show me deeper revelation as I seek you through your word. May I never lose this passion. Let it burn within my heart And let every vain distraction Be consumed by all you are I have made my heart's decision I purposed in my soul I will stand for what you've spoken Even if I stand alone I will never lose this passion I will always follow you I will never leave the beauty Of your holiness and truth Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.